listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. A podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing. Educating. Empowering. Improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. In today's episode, we are exploring the untapped potential of chronic condition special needs plans. I recently had the privilege of sitting down with Ben Miller, CGO for Zing Health, to chat about this unique product. While we did draw a few similarities to the DSNIP product and that market, there are some differences agents should know about. I think the biggest one is the opportunity available for agents selling in the space right now. But I don't want to get ahead of myself, so sit back and enjoy the conversation. And what is your official title at Zing Health? I am the Chief Growth Officer at Zing Health, so all of sales, marketing, product, and, and strategy. Can you give us a little background on yourself, Ben, and how you got into the insurance industry? Yeah, absolutely. Probably similar to most people. I didn't grow up as a kid dreaming of being a Medicare executive. Um, you kind of are opportunistic and kind of find your way in through relationships over the course of a career. So a bit of background on myself, where I came from, et cetera. I grew up in central Illinois, grew up on a farm, nowhere near Chicago. Did undergrad at University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. Out of school, I was a management consultant at Deloitte. Nothing to do with healthcare. It was energy, oil and gas strategy work for a number of different clients. I moved from Deloitte Consulting to Go Health, which was kind of my first foray into healthcare. So I um, was the chief growth officer at Go Health. So I was in charge of all you know sales, marketing, products, commercialization, and strategy there. So we took that business from really not in Medicare to you know the largest Medicare broker, one of the largest Medicare brokers in the space in about a five-year period. Peaked at about you know 1.2 million enrollments in kind of the 2021 timeframe. So I learned a lot about how do you grow Medicare? How do you properly market? How do you properly sell? You know, how do you incentivize agents and really you know, build a business really from kind of the ground up into Medicare? I moved from Go Health to where I'm currently at, which is Zing Health in October of this past year. Biggest kind of reasons for that move was, A, I kind of missed the earlier, more startup, let's create something from nothing days of Go mm-hmm. Health. You know, I had the chance to see how kind of large top five, top six carriers operated when I was at Go Health, and kind of always had in the back of my mind, you know, I think there's a better way to do this. There's a better way to design plans and really, you know, think about what the next five to 10 years of, of Medicare Advantage look like. And I kind of wanted to have a hand in building that myself. So knew the CEO of Zing at that time pretty well and decided to kind of take the leap together and grow a great business. You mentioned a little bit about being in the Medicare Advantage space and kind of wanting to get into an area where you see that there's growth and there's a lot of potential, certainly, in the Medicare Advantage market. When we talk about the special needs plan area, a lot of our focus tends to be on DSNPs just because everything that's going on with Medicaid unwinding right now. But you guys actually have a pretty cool product. It is the CSNP. Now, can you just kind of give us a background what the CSNP stands for, kind of the background of these plans, what these plans actually are? Yeah, absolutely. So CSNP stands for the Chronic Special Needs Plan. So the way that CMS has developed these plan offerings is really kind of within the special needs category. 
there's really three main types. There's the DSNP or dual dual eligible product. That's kind of the most common, commonly known in the space. There's CSNP, which is chronic special needs. And then there's an ISNP product, which is the smallest of the three. And that's kind of an institutional special needs plan. And so the way that a CSNP works is essentially the only qualifying factor is you have to have a qualifying chronic condition. And so there's a number of different conditions that CMS outlines that are available. The vast majority of health plans that are in the CSNP business are what I'll call the bundled CSNP. So that's typically a CSNP that covers diabetics, chronic heart failure, and cardiovascular disorders. About 80% or so of individuals in a CSNP plan today are in that kind of bundled CSNP. Um, And then the 20% that are in a different type of plan, there's kind of a long tail of condition sets, including HIV, cancer, stroke, lung disorders, in-stage renal disease, et cetera, that you can go and kind of create a you know specialized by condition product. But the bulk of CSNPs are really kind of that larger bundle, diabetes, heart failure, cardiovascular, which is unfortunately a, a large swath of seniors qualify for those plans. It's not all that niche. Yes. I think we can all attest to when they ask if heart disease runs in our family, we're we're all kind of at the point that yes, it if it's not on one side, it's on the other side. Exactly. So we have these different conditions, and you've mentioned there are a lot of seniors that unfortunately do qualify for them. Why would a beneficiary typically choose this CSNP plan over a Medicare Advantage plan or Original Medicare? Yeah, I think I think there's a number a number of reasons. I'd say the biggest being the purpose of these plans is really to create both a health plan, but even more so a you know member experience and a care management platform that is quite literally custom built for the condition that they have. And so mm-hmm. I think what you've seen in the space is, you know, folks, as folks have transitioned from, you know, increasingly more every single year from traditional Medicare into Medicare Advantage, you know, CSNP, while it's grown every single year, hasn't really been a massive focal point of the industry, both from a health plan standpoint, as well as a broker standpoint. I think, I think there's been a couple of reasons why that's been the case. One is the market has kind of increasingly gone to large national health plans that, you know, it's really difficult for them to sub-segment membership. It's tough for them to market at the local community level, which to really, you know, be successful in CSNP, you, you, are, you have to be very specific about that individual and the issues that they have. And it's much easier for a large national health plan to just have broad national marketing campaigns where they can market, you know, the same flex card, the same PPO, HMO structure. And you right. can get economies of scale on that marketing spend across the entire country. Whereas I think with any industry, and you've seen this across any space, the more competitive the industry gets, typically the more segmented that industry starts to become. And I think we're kind of at the early innings of seeing that segmentation really kick off in Medicare Advantage. And really the thesis that I, I personally have, as well as Zing, I think you're going to continue to see Medicare Advantage get more sub-segmented and really okay. start to think about the member themselves as opposed to the benefits themselves. And thinking, how do I design plans and experiences that are very specific to that member and making sure that they have a good experience? And so if I'm an individual with chronic conditions, what is better for me to enroll in a CSNIT plan versus a general enrollment plan versus traditional Medicare? Really what you're getting in a CSNIT plan is typically benefits that are designed specifically for you. So specifically for individuals with diabetes, heart failure, cardiovascular disorders, et cetera. But then once you're in that plan, you're immediately put into a care management process and a member journey that, again, is specific to somebody with that condition set. And so 
if you're an individual with chronic conditions who enrolls in a non-CSNP, just general enrollment plan, unfortunately, oftentimes, A, the benefits will not be coordinated perfectly for your condition set. But B, it takes a substantially longer amount of time for the health plan to truly realize what condition set you have and then ultimately get you into a care management journey that makes sense. And so you you lose a valuable six to nine month gap before the health plan can really get you into what's really needed. Whereas Mm -hmm. into a C-SNP, that's immediately coordinated from day one. Okay. So we have the basis of the Medicare Advantage plan. We have that framework there. And you've touched on a little bit how they are different from the other special needs plans, kind of the categories that they fall into. We touched a little bit on the network, how they are built for those conditions, but how specifically does the network for a CSNP plan function? How do you go about coordinating that care experience? Yeah. So from a kind of plan design standpoint, so the network component works exactly the same for a CSNP that it does a general enrollment. So you have, you know, an HMO CSNP you have, which is a, you have to go in network to, to, to receive that care. You have PPO CSNPs, which, you know, provide much more expansive in and out of network optionality for the member. So from a mechanic standpoint, it operates exactly the same as the rest of Medicare Advantage. What you typically see in a chronic condition member is Obviously, A, the number of doctors that they see typically is higher than that of a non-chronic senior. But in addition to that, the number of specialists that they go to see is also typically more expansive. And so as you think about kind of putting your agent hat on, it's really important as you're talking to somebody with a chronic condition to do a very expansive needs assessment and truly understand where they're receiving care, what specialists do they see, cardiologists, nephrologists, endocrinologists, the list goes on and on. Of like oftentimes for somebody with a chronic condition, Unfortunately, their specialist sometimes becomes pseudo their PCP. They're seeing their specialist so often that oftentimes that's really where they're receiving more of their general primary care, not a traditional PCP. And so you do have to kind of dig one layer deeper typically than you normally would with a healthy senior, because it is so important to get those doctors in the plan, in network, or if not available, make sure that they get into a PPO CSNP option where they can truly go anywhere that they want to receive their care. Right. And I know that you might only be able to answer this for your plans specifically, but I'm guessing that the specific CSNP plans, those networks are designed with those doctors and with those specialists in that network that specifically cater to that chronic condition. Yeah, exactly. Network design is really important for a CSNP, Mm -hmm. obviously. But I think one thing that we've looked at as well, and I think a lot of other health plans have too, is Obviously, there's your your primary provider copay, your mm-hmm. specialist copay, and there's also what's called a SNP specialist copay that you can actually build a plan around tiering down the, sp- the SNP specialist, because that's typically where somebody with a chronic condition is seeing more often than non-SNP specialists. Those are just all examples of as you design chronic condition plans, what are kind of small things you can do for somebody who fits into a chronic condition mm-hmm. demographic? that they wouldn't get typically in a general enrollment plan. Small things like, you know, tearing down specialist co-pays for the types of specialists that they have to go see, making sure that the formulary design looks at the typical medication panel of somebody who has those condition sets and make sure those drugs are tiered appropriately. So again, it's, it's think about the value of that to a member, you add all those things up and it's a pretty sizable dollar impact of, you know, benefits that they get from a CSNP assuming the best CSNP was designed properly, um, which I think you're starting to see more and more from health plans 
more this year alone, there are more systems filed this year than there ever been before. So I think we're really starting to see the initial years of that evolution that I believe is coming. That's encouraging. I mean, considering that this year is also the year that we've seen the highest number of just Medicare Advantage plans in general being available to Medicare beneficiaries. I think 43 is the number that I just read. Yeah. You know, we all talk about 10,000 seniors turning 65 every day. What is the market like for CSNP sales? Is there a lot of opportunity there as well? Yeah, I think and this is probably one of the, the biggest misconceptions or just, you know, points of unknowns for brokers. It is, and again, this is unfortunate to some of the state of our country. I mean, it is a massive market of individuals, seniors, Medicare eligibles who have a chronic condition. So the way that I would think about the market size is I've seen you know, the overall Medicare eligible market is kind of right around 64, 65 million. Of that, roughly 32 or so are in a Medicare Advantage plan, and we're sitting kind of right around 49, 50% Medicare Advantage penetration. That's continued to go up every single year. If you look at the demographics across the Medicare eligible landscape, purely looking at kind of the common condition sets of diabetes, heart failure, cardiovascular, that's about 44 to 45% of seniors qualify with one of those conditions. If you add on you know, lung disorders, you know, that gets it up to about 49%. And so if you think about the TAM and the total addressable market, it is a very large market. Half of Medicare eligibles qualify for a CSNP. If you think about the current enrollment into CSNP, there are about 500,000 people who are currently in a CSNP. That's not a very large number when you compare the number that are eligible to the number that are enrolled. Yeah, it's a very small number. And so what gets me excited, I think a lot of broker partners excited is obviously the the way that CSNP works is if you have a qualifying condition, you automatically qualify for a one-time special enrollment period at any course of the year. And so what we like about it is obviously it's got the you know year-round selling opportunity of the DSNP type market with a very, very low current penetration into that market. So you know, of the 64, 65 million total Medicare eligibles, again, half qualify with a chronic condition. So it's 32 million people that today could enroll into a CSNP plan. Again, about half of those are in Medicare Advantage, half of those are not. And so there is kind of some sub-segmentation there, but it's a very large number. And so if you think about the difference between you know, 500,000 current enrollments, you know, 32 million total people who could enroll in these plans, that's, I think, why we're starting to see such a large shift and just evolution into that market. You're seeing a couple of these things hit together at the same time. One, brokers continue to need kind of year-round selling opportunities to, to, to scale their business. Two, from a health plan standpoint, you know, this is typically the population where health plans can make the most impact. Providers can make the most impact. You know, these are individuals with chronic conditions that as long as they you know, receive proper care, take their management drugs, oftentimes they can live fairly normal lives. These are manageable conditions that if treated correctly, they can live normal lives. And so it creates a really interesting opportunity, I think, for the broker community where we've got this kind of really massive one-time wave of individuals kind of coming into Medicare Advantage, but also coming in with a chronic condition set, and all of them have a one-time SEP that they're going to be started to talk about. So if I'm a broker, I think why I want to have this in my tool chest is if I don't talk to these individuals about CSNP options, somebody else will. Um, And they're going to take advantage, I think, of of that opportunity if you don't yourself. And so I think it just behoves a lot of people listening today, but but also just across the ecosystem. I I encourage everyone to take a deeper look at CSNP. The market has changed a lot over the last three or four years, and it's going to continue to change even more into the next period and evolution of Medicare Advantage. But it is a massive market that I think most people don't quite realize fully exists. 
Right. Like you said, it sounds like there is a ton of opportunity there. And not only is it, yes, it's an opportunity for sale, but you're also placing the beneficiary in a plan that is so much better suited to help with their condition and with their health needs than what a traditional plan would provide. What do we have to do as agents as far as verifying that that client actually has that condition? How does that work? Because I'm guessing there's some sort of assessment or something there. Yeah, exactly. So I think this has been historically a pretty big reason why a lot of brokers haven't fully embraced the CSNIT market is the way that kind of traditionally this process has worked. If you're with a client, go through your typical needs assessment, you're understanding what doctors they go to, what drugs they take, are they on Medicaid, do they have a chronic condition? You're really learning a lot of facts about who that member is to then present what you believe to be the right plan option. Right. A lot of folks, as they go through that, the reason why they've shied away from CSNP is historically the process that took place is you'd have to go collect what's called a verification of condition form. The more I dug into this process, even dating back to my days at Go Health, it made it incredibly difficult to truly, truly scale CSNP. Because what would happen is if you enroll a member into a CSNP, that then kicks off the search to get this form filled out. So the agent is calling the member, the health plan is calling the member, the health plan is calling the provider. Oftentimes there's a physical fax that is sent from the provider. It is it's an archaic process that, as you can imagine, has a lot of leakage throughout. Yeah, it um, sounds like getting health records, to be honest. <laughs> basically, yeah. And so if you're the member, I mean, think about that experience. You just spent an hour plus with this agent. You already told them the drugs you're on. You told them the condition in your state. You then are getting called by three different parties over the next month, basically saying you need to fill out a piece of paper that says you have this condition. It's just kind of an odd process for the member. And so as I kind of took a look at this market over the last year or two, even dating back to my days at Go Health, I just for this market to truly take off, I think similar to DSNP, the technology that's available to brokers and to health plans really needs to catch up to the market. It reminds me a lot of, you know, think about what DSNP looked like in 2013, 14, 15, 16, when a lot of brokers wouldn't sell DSNP. It just health plans weren't focused on it. Brokers weren't focused on it. It just wasn't a big area. There wasn't proper technology to understand Medicaid levels, eligibility, et cetera. And what you saw is as you got into 2014, 15, 16 era, you know, the rate of DSNP has dramatically increased over the last five to seven years. A lot of that was a focus from health plans by realizing this is such an addressable and valuable market, but also right. just the rate of technological advancement has you know, gone up 10x over the last five years by the ability to tap into Mark's platforms, the ability to do eligibility checks and truly make that a better experience. I think what we're seeing is we're in that first or second inning right now of that same technological advancement happening on the CSNP market. And so even for Zing, using an example, so what we've developed to really make sure that this is as seamless of a process as possible for brokers, members, providers, et cetera, we built our own auto verification platform. So we are now auto verifying over 95% of CSNPs, which means wow. if you're a broker, typically what happened if you enroll the CSNP member, maybe 70 or 80% would truly become active members at the end of the 60 day verification process that you have. It's a long time. It's a long time. And there's a lot of <laughs> leakage and frustration throughout right. that process. So we developed kind of an auto verification platform where the broker does nothing, the member does nothing, the provider does nothing. Our platform can auto verify this member. Yeah. We've got that to 95% in climbing right now. So what's happened is we've now seen the CSNP retention metrics now become our most retentive customer, not only in year one, but also in the out years. Whereas others, it would be their least retentive customer because they couldn't get a form filled out. 
I like to think Zing is kind of on the early adopter innovation of this. But I think what we're seeing is just kind of the, like I mentioned, the first inning of a technological advancement that's taking place across the industry, where this will be a dramatically easier process in the coming months, coming years for an agent exactly the same as what we saw in DSNIP. Right, right. I mean, I know I put off having to make some of those phone calls to confirm things. So I can just imagine this yeah. makes it a lot easier. And we we are huge fans of working smarter, not harder. Yeah. And I think agents should really listen as far as what you're saying here, because to take that whole process not just off of your client, but to take it off of the agent, we have enough that we're trying to do and keep track of. It just makes it that much easier. Is there anything else that we should know about CSNP enrollment? Yeah, other than the historic verification of condition form that you know we're advancing, I think a lot of the health funds will continue to advance over mm -hmm. the coming years. The enrollment process itself is very similar. I mean, obviously every agent should do a proper needs assessment. Every agent should right. make sure they've got the full provider and medication panel. That's the same as I think what they should do every single time. Obviously it is extra important for an individual who has you know multiple chronic conditions or health issues, just again, to make sure that you've done a very proper provider assessment and a very proper medications assessment, just to make sure that those drugs are covered and that the providers are in network or make sure that they're in a plan where they have full flexibility. But other than that, the process is relatively the same. Okay. It still runs through all the other the other processes you'd normally see. Okay. So you've just kind of taken it and made it just like any other plan for an agent to sell. One thing that I do know can be a pain point for agents is I've brought this new product into my portfolio. How do you find clients? I mean, obviously, yes, there's probably people in your book of business that you can check from the information that you have and see all right, are they going to be eligible for this? But how do we find CSNIP prospects out in the wild? Yeah, it's a great question. I'd kind of bucket this into really three categories that touch on kind of existing book, but also new marketing efforts. One, and I think this is one of the beauties about the existing CSNIP market. I think the first point is just ask the question. 50% of the people you're talking to every single day now likely qualify for a CSNIP. And so I think part of this is just building a muscle and a habit around similar to how agents today are asking, are you on Medicaid? How do you not just ask, are you on Medicaid, but also do you take insulin? Do you have diabetes? Do you have heart failure? And again, half the time the answer is yes. And so one is just ask the question and then understand you know, if the answer to that is yes, that there's a very tailored plan specifically for those individuals oftentimes that I think you should be presenting as you know, an option to the member. So I think one is just ask the question. Okay. Two is you think about you know, how do I target these individuals? I think there's one strategy that we're employing a lot, and we're seeing a lot of our kind of broker and agent partners employing a lot, is targeted and direct marketing. So thinking about your direct mail strategy differently, thinking about your digital SEO strategy differently, and how do you target individuals who likely have one of these condition sets? So things as simple as creating an SEO digital strategy around diabetes keywords, heart failure keywords, insulin keywords. That we're seeing a lot of traction by purely just targeting a market that very few people are targeting. And so the marketing cost is quite efficient today. I think the last piece, think about kind of your local field community partnerships type marketing strategy, forming kind of a proper go-to-market strategy around provider partnerships, specialist partnerships, dialysis clinic partnerships. Again, areas that people oftentimes think about, you know, how do I leverage the PCP as not only just a clinical partner, but also a growth engine into our broker partnerships. 
How do you go one layer deeper and look at your specialist level? So your cardiologists, your pulmonologists, your nephrologists, folks who are talking to individuals with chronic conditions every single day, who most of them probably don't even know these plans exist. (laughs) And they could save a lot of money by changing nothing. (laughs) And so I think that's the third piece is just understanding kind of where are these people today? How do I execute a grassroots marketing strategy and partnerships strategy to really get in front of these people with a plan that is custom built for them is, I think, the the kind of three ways I think about prospecting and, and marketing to these individuals. Okay. So when it comes to agents taking action today, if I want to get contracted with Zing, how does that process start and how does that work? Yeah, definitely. So I can talk kind of both Zing specifically, but also just kind of broadly, as you think about the CSNP landscape, you know, where are these plans? They are growing very rapidly, but again, they aren't quite everywhere yet. So for Zing specifically, we today are in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. So obviously I encourage anyone to reach out either directly to me or to our website to, you know, get in touch with somebody in your area who could really have a detailed conversation on how do I get involved with Zing? Broadly, the way that CSNP has worked is historically a bulk of CSNP members were really in California and Florida. If you think about why that's the case, that's typically where there's been a high prevalence of risk-bearing providers. Value-based care has been a thing in Florida and California for decades. It's only been recently become such a widespread evolution across the rest of the country. The reason why I think the CSNP evolution is now starting to take hold so fast is because if you're a health plan and you're disproportionately acquiring individuals with chronic conditions, you have to have high confidence in either A, your internal care model, or B, that you've got really strong partnerships with providers in your area who can provide proper care and not have claims costs go through the roof disproportionately. And so I think you're now starting to see the system evolution follow the value-based care evolution, where in the Midwest, for instance, it would have been very difficult five years ago to run a proper CSNP strategy. Fast forward now, five years later, there's risk-bearing providers all over the place. Traditional systems are now trying to get into risk. And so it's just much easier to manage a chronic condition set than it was five years ago, really outside of Florida and California. So I think as you think about the rest of the country, obviously you feel very, very strongly that you know, Zing's CSNP plans are the best in the market where we offer, but Zing's not nationwide yet. And so I think you'll continue to see us grow, but also just the CSNP market as a whole grow as continuation towards value-based care and care management proper for these conditions uh, continue to take hold. I think it's an exciting time, definitely, to see not just how the CSNP market develops and grows, but also, like you were saying, as we adopt more of this value-based care model, where does that lead with even plan ideas that we haven't even thought of yet? It'll be very interesting to see where that goes in the future. Ben, is there anything else that you would like to mention? Anything related to Zing Health? Anything with CSNPs? Anything that we forgot to mention here today? Or did we cover it all? I think we covered a lot of ground. I think a couple of closing thoughts that that I have. I think, I mean, one, obviously, I'm incredibly excited about all the work we've done at Zing to A, just, I think, build something different and build a plan that quite literally is purpose-built for the individual the underserved populations and individuals with chronic conditions that I think really haven't had that great of options designed for them in the past. And so I'm just incredibly excited about what we're launching, both for 2024, but even kind of the future of this company as we're one of the fastest growing health plans in the country right now. And so very excited about what we're building here. But I think just more broadly outside of Zing, it's this is a really, really fun time to be in Medicare Advantage. I think you've seen the dramatic growth over the last 
five plus years. And I think what you've seen is slowly as competition has increased, again, segmentation will continue to increase. We've seen it with the DSNP wave that's taken place over the last you know, five or six years. If you think about the markets, the dual eligible market is 12.5 million. The CSNP market is 32 million. And so I think we're now beginning the next wave of kind of what that segmentation is going to look like. And I just personally can't wait to see you know, what CSNP looks like in 2027, 2028. We'll look back and realize, I think, again, we were kind of in the first or second inning of a really, really exciting evolution that really is exciting for kind of folks in the industry who can take advantage of this and drive business. But I think most importantly, I mean, we're all in this to really be true to the member. And I think these are plans that quite literally save individuals money, keep them healthier, and really keep them out of the hospital, which is the reason why we all do this at its core is to help people. And I think right. these plans quite literally are designed to help people, which is why I get excited about you know doing well, but also doing good. So I encourage everyone to take another look at the CSNP market. There's a lot here. It's a massive market. And again, I think if you don't talk to your member about this, somebody will. And I think having this in your tool chest is just going to be really, really important. Right, right. Well, Ben, thank you so much. Loved hearing everything that you had to say about CSNPs today and all the information that you shared about Zing Health as well. I think there is definitely a lot of opportunity and it'll be interesting, you know, in five years, we should have you back and we can play the <laughs> audio of this episode and see if see if your prophecies come true. Yeah, I might be I might be a little bit more gray by then, but I'll, I'm happy to come back on. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. Thanks again to Ben Miller, Chief Growth Officer at Zing Health. Such a wealth of knowledge. I learned a lot, and I hope you did too as you listened to our conversation. One thing we did not talk about in the episode that I wanted to give a shout out to here on the show, the CSNP Academy at Zing Health. Just like how they minimize friction at the point of condition confirmation on their CSNP application, they also minimize friction to entering a new market by providing all the education agents need to really squash that new product learning curve. In the notes, you will find links to learn more about Zing and request contracting if you're interested in that. We also have the link to register with Ritter. Some of that contracting info is behind our login wall because of information that is not able to be viewed by consumers just yet. Want you to be aware of that before you start clicking around. But we've got the links to register. It's a super quick form. And then you can get into all the info on the RitterDocs site, as well as get started with the tools we are always talking about here on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Don't forget to follow our podcast if you're not already doing that. And we will see you next episode. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Special thanks to Ben Miller for the interview. Script proofing by Tina Lamaru. Podcast design by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with our show wherever you like to listen. Listen.